We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. I have been doing Talking Buffalo for more than five years now. 660 episodes. Started this podcast back in 2018. And during that time, I've seen, when it comes to the Bills, the Sabres, but mainly the Buffalo Bills, a lot of craziness. 20, uh, 2021, 13 seconds. Last year in the playoffs, when Cincinnati came to Buffalo and, and took their manhood, smacked them all over the football field. Lots of stuff has happened in the five years and 660 episodes that I've done this show. This is the first time ever on this podcast where I sit here, whether you're listening to this on the audio side on, on Tuesday, whether you're watching this on video, I actually hit the live button right now. So on the video side, this is actually going live five years, 600 some episodes. And to be fair in 2021, this wasn't a daily podcast, a weekday daily podcast during that time. So when the bills lost and, uh, I had a full day, day and a half to kind of Compose my thoughts. When the Bills lost to Cincinnati last year, same deal. This wasn't an everyday show, so I had a good, you know, good night's sleep and, and plenty of time to kind of sleep on things and, and formulate some thoughts and put some show notes together, so, some talking points and stuff like that. This is the first time since I've started this podcast, literally ever, where I've just jumped on the microphone, turned the camera on, and started talking. I have zero prep right now. I have zero um, calculated, measured thoughts in my head, what I want to talk about on this episode, which will be brief. I do want to say that on tomorrow's show, uh, well, Wednesday's show, we were going to have our our weekly film breakdown, PFF grades analysis. At that point, I'll have more measured thoughts on this game and have the benefit of watching some film and pouring over some grades and stats. And again, that'll be a different show. Right now, this is literally uh, in the moment reactionary. The Buffalo Bills lost at home to the Denver Broncos in the one of the more, I don't want to say the most because this is Buffalo, one of 
the most improbable finishes that that I can remember in a long time, if not forever. And I'm going to tell you, man, first time ever, like I said, no, no show prep. I have no freaking idea what I'm going to say right now. And this is also the first time where I really don't give a shit either because I have no pre-advertising. Like, you know, you should put out graphics and, and stuff that we're going to be going live or that the episode's coming out. I'm doing this on the fly and I really don't give a shit if one person, a thousand people listen. None of that matters to me. And I got some comments for uh, on the live section. I'll try to get to a couple of them. But when it comes to this game, I am I'm fuming right now. I am fucking stewing right now. Not even going to try to hide it. There's so many things I want to get into. And again, no structure here and in no specific particular order. But I want to start with the head coach because this to me is where I'm at with Sean McDermott. I am 100% out on Sean McDermott. I'm not stupid. Well, I'm not that stupid. Is he getting fired tomorrow? No. Is Sean McDermott getting fired at the end of the season? No. He just signed a big-ass extension this offseason. Terry Bagula ponied up. They could lose out, and I still don't think Sean McDermott is going to lose his job. But I'm going to tell you, he's lost me, and I'm sure he's lost a lot of you right now. I want to talk about the game. We're going to get to the game in a second. I don't know how many of you stuck around to listen to uh, Sean McDermott's post-game presser. But this is the second straight fucking week where this guy has sat there after a game and put it on almost everything and everyone else except himself. He did it last week. I tweeted several times that it kind of pissed me off. I felt like Sean McDermott was calling out the players. He talked about two turnovers in last week's game. He talked about not executing basically calling out the players without saying their names. This week, this press conference, he couldn't talk up his defense enough, how good they played. He went out of his way to mention the injuries. Where every week before this, it was next man up. He couldn't praise his defense enough. And for the most part, they played pretty well. So, you know, the defense was not the problem tonight. We all know that. But my point is this. He went out of his way to praise the defense. He went out of his way to call out the offense for four turnovers. And is he wrong? Now, he ain't wrong. That's not the fucking point, though. He's not wrong, but it's not the point. His lack of accountability on himself and just more and more spreading it to everybody else is really, really starting to get under my skin. Calls out the offense. He talked about how they should have scored more, which he's not, again, it's not about being wrong. It's about the way he's doing it. And when it came to the end of the game, <laughs> he blamed, you know, he said that they practiced this specifically plenty of times during the week, getting off the field on third down to switch the field goals, potential end of the game, running the half situation, and they didn't execute. Just passing the buck. It sounded to me tonight, like, again, last week he called the, call out the players. Tonight, to me, he called out Ken Dorsey. That's the way I interpreted it. He called out Ken Dorsey. He called out the coach or the special teams coach. And again, I'm really going on the fly here. No show prep. I do have some comments that I see coming in. I'll try to get to uh, a couple of them on the live side. But you know what? Sean McDermott got outcoached tonight. He got outcoached when, when the game was on the line, for sure, in the fourth quarter. The defense, again, they played really good, all things considered. The offense had four turnovers, five if you count the failed fourth and two. And it could have almost, it almost was six because James Cook fumbled and luckily the ball bounced back. There's plenty of shit to go around when it comes to the offense. But let's talk about this 
Let's talk about this defense, and let's talk about Sean McDermott here in the last drive of the game. It's second down and four. This has me stewing maybe more than anything else. Second and four. Denver's on the fringe of field goal range. Sean McDermott calls a zero blitz, which is an all-out blitz. I thought that was a brilliant call. And it worked. Russell Wilson. I mean, Troy Aikman said before the play, one thing he cannot do is take a sack. And he took a sack because he had no choice. The pass rush swarmed him. And they got him for a loss of six. So now it's third and 10. And Denver's out of field goal range. And what do you do? You call the same play again. A zero blitz. I will never, never understand that. Sean McDermott mentioned something, and I don't got the shit in front of me, but he talked about if my defense is going to go down, we're going to go down being aggressive. Well, that was stupid. It's third and 10. And I'm telling you, the only, the only success Russell Wilson had all night, who, by the way, outplayed Josh Allen. Let's just put that out there, too. But the only success Russell Wilson really had was when Buffalo blitzed, minus the one play that resulted in the sack there, or when they would only rush three and they had Dorian Williams on as a spy. And Russell Wilson exploited that at least two or three times uh, down the stretch, including two times on the final drive. That was just a terrible fucking call from Sean McDermott, an awful call. Put Teron Johnson alone on an island. And I still, not to defend Teron because, you know, you got to turn around a little bit quicker, I guess. But that was a tough call, man. He got penalized basically because it was an awful underthrow from Russ Wilson. And Teron Johnson got penalized for that. But anyway, that's one thing. The zero blitz on third and 10, that that makes me sick. And then at the end of the game, and you could blame the special teams coach, and you're not wrong. And you could blame whatever players and what they're responsible for. You're not wrong, but you know, you're the head coach. And I hear people talk about all the time, the head coach, he's the CEO of the organization. So he oversees everything. So the bills use Sean McDermott uses his last time out before the third down play. You know, what's coming. You know, Denver who, who uh, took a knee on first and second down, you know, they're doing it again on third down, you know, it's coming and they're going to run out the field goal unit and you're going to run out your field goal block team. You already know what's coming. You don't communicate with a special teams coach. You don't communicate whatever the 11 players are supposed to be out there. That's on you as a head coach too. I'm disgusted with Sean McDermott. I just, I, I don't think I've ever gotten over 2021 in the 13 seconds. To me, Sean, here's what I think about Sean McDermott right now, folks. I think Sean McDermott is an excellent team builder. Like if you're starting over, if you're starting from scrap, you got character issues in your building. You want to tear it down? You want to start over? Sean McDermott's your guy to me. Hard-nosed, defensive-minded coach. He's going to bring in the right character guys. He's going to bring in the right veterans, and he's going to build you a team that can compete and can win. That's Sean McDermott. To me, he is a horrible freaking in-game manager. How many times have we seen it now with him? What about the week before? We're calling a challenge on a first down play and losing a critical timeout. This guy just gets outcoached in game. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And it pisses me off. And I hate the fact that he's not in that locker room, on that podium, taking more bullets for his team. He was deflecting left and right. And I hope a lot of you guys that are are listening or watching this, I hope you had a chance to listen to it. And if you didn't, go go and find it. 
It just, it, it makes me sick. So I'm all out on Sean McDermott. And by the way, again, I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to keep my eye on the comments a, a little bit while I'm uh, trying to keep a, a train of thought, which again, I have no freaking notes in front of me. I have no real stats for me. I'm in front of this game, but I'm, I'm living. I, I know you're living too. I'm really living at Sean McDermott right now. His in-game coaching in, in the fourth quarter, at least anyway, going out of your way to praise your defense and crucify your offense. That's not, we do that. I'm supposed to fucking do that. You're supposed to blame the players. Your head coach isn't supposed to do that. And that's what he's doing more and more and more. Well, it's not my fault. Basically, he may as well went on that stage, on the podium, took the microphone, took the question, the first question, said, well, you know what, uh, Adam, it's not my fault. And he just fucking left the podium. He may as well have just done that because essentially that's what he did. Unreal. Unreal, man. Um, coaches, you know, he's the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. I, I don't know how to feel about Ken Dorsey anymore because I just feel like he's low-hanging fruit. It seems so easy to blame him for everything. And I just didn't see it tonight. But I will tell you one thing. Anybody, you don't need to be a, a film guy. You don't need to be Joe Marino or Eric Turner or any of these football gurus out there. Joe Biscaglia. Anybody with a functioning set of eyes could see two things when it came to the Bills offense today. Glaringly obvious. Number one, Josh Allen didn't have it. Which ain't the first time we've been saying that this season. Josh Allen didn't have it. That's number one. Number two, the Bills were running the shit out of the football. Running the ball effectively. They had 26 carries. I'm looking at the stats right now. 26 carries for the game. That should have been 36 to 40. Denver couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run coming into the game, and they didn't stop the run during the game. And let me circle back to Sean McDermott. I don't know if it's him or if it's Ken Dorsey. So maybe in the next day or so, maybe we'll get some more clarity on this. What about the first play of the game? James Cook fumbles, and I was pissed. I wanted to see more Latavius Murray after that, and I said that literally at, at the time on social media. There's a reason why Latavius Murray's getting as many snaps this season as James Cook, and that's because they trust Latavius Murray, and it's pretty obvious that, that James Cook has a short leash. That said, sit him down. Let him get his head right. Let him know, hey, you can't. That shit you can't do. I get that. I'm, I'm glad. I wanted Latavius Murray to be out there for the next drive. But James Cook didn't play the third drive. James Cook didn't play the fourth drive. I don't think he played the fifth drive either. Why do you bench a guy because of one mistake on the first play of the game for a quarter and a half? Can, is that Dorsey? Is that Sean McDermott saying, I don't want to see him out there again? Whoever was responsible for that, that's fucking stupid. And you saw it when James Cook came back into the game. He was running like a man possessed. <sighs> we get to a couple comments here. <laughs> Try to collect my thoughts. Michael Parton, the offense with the main culprits until the coach made two boneheaded defensive decisions, blitz on third and 10, and then 12 men on the field. Again, how much of that is on the head coach? How much of that's on the special teams coach? What I do know with the head coach is that he needs to communicate better. I'll tell you another play that really pissed me off about Sean McDermott, too. I was screaming at the TV. It was in the second half. I don't remember specifically what time. But Vaughn Miller, man, this is his, what, sixth game back now? And I want to be on Vaughn Miller's side. 
we had our bowl prediction episode uh, yesterday, me and Tone Pucks, or actually on Monday's show going into the game. His uh, bowl prediction was Rasul Douglas was going to get an interception. And mine was Vaughn Miller's going to get his first sack of the season. Look, it's just not there, man. It is just not there with Vaughn Miller. And you get to a point where he's hurting the football team. He's hurting the team because he's not one of the best three or four defensive ends on this roster right now. He's a star by name only. Anyway, it was a third and 11 play. And the Bills blitzed somebody and they dropped Vaughn Miller in the coverage. And predictably, the play was successful and Denver converted a third and 11 with Vaughn Miller in fucking pass coverage. Another play too. We saw it last week when Cincinnati closed the game out. A run to Vaughn Miller last week in Cincinnati, got caught inside, went outside, third and three, converted, bam, ball game. Happened again tonight. Didn't cost him the ball game, per se, of course, but he got caught again on a run play on a third. I think it was a third down. He gave up the edge. Uh, Williams got outside and converted. So I'm just, you know, it's getting to a point now with Vaughn Miller where I just, I, I feel he's a detriment to this team. And if he can't get to 100%, then he shouldn't be out there. In fact, I remember yelling at the TV again. One other play, uh, Vaughn Miller was out there. He comes out. Next play, Greg Rizzo gets a sack. Play after that, A.J. Vanessa gets a sack. See, that's what I'm talking about. Those guys ain't going to get those reps when Vaughn Miller's taking them. Vaughn Miller's taking reps right now from guys who need it more. <sighs> um, Roddy, my man, Roddy Mazzarella. Wilson and Payton showed... Their Super Bowl pedigree. Also, our players, coach, and team suck. All right, I, again, I, I'm i angry too, Rodney. Just like you guys, um, th th they don't suck. They're disappointing. They're uh, underwhelming. They might be the most underachieving team in the NFL this year. And it's fair to say that now, isn't it, folks? This Buffalo Bills team right now might be the most underachieving team in the entire NFL. They're 5-5. Five and five. Are you telling me this is a 5-5 five and five roster? It's not. Uh, I'm trying to follow some comments here and read them off because most people are still listening to this on Tuesday on the audio side. Uh, Leanne King, this team had something internal going on in the locker room. It's as if they don't even like each other anymore. You know, I, I mean, not liking each other, I, I think that's too far, but there is something internal going on in this locker room. I think there's some growing uh, disconnect right now between coach and players for sure. Again, Sean McDermott sounded spiteful, almost hateful of the offense in the in the post game tonight. I can't remember the last time I've seen Sean McDermott be more direct in criticizing his offense than tonight. And I just don't think that's something that a head coach should do. Eat it. You got to own it. Own your mistakes too. So, I don't know. It just it feels like this feels like the most fucking Buffalo thing. I don't want to say ever because. We've, we've seen worse, but they come out there. They First of all, the Denver kicker misses two extra points during the game, and then he misses a field goal, and the game's over. And as soon as you saw that yellow out there, you knew right away what it was. I mean, I thought it might have been offsides on somebody. I was getting ready to, to murder somebody. I don't know who the 12th guy was either, by the way, as we're taping this. Maybe we'll know more um, later on in the week. Anyway, I'm going to take a real quick break. I have to for sponsor reasons. Come back, because I want to talk about Josh Allen, too, because, you know, Sean McDermott is getting a lot of heat, and he deserves it. Ken Dorsey getting a lot of heat. Maybe not so much tonight, but season-wise, 
He certainly fucking deserves it as well. But Josh Allen right now, I, I feel like he's escaped more wrath than uh, he deserves to. But that's about to change in 10 seconds. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I am back here live on the video side, um, out Tuesday morning on the audio side, trying to kind of get my senses together and get my emotions in check a little bit. Like I said, I will have a, an episode tomorrow, and that's the annual or the weekly, I should say, the film review, uh, the great study. So I have much more measured takes and a lot of show prep and stuff like that. It'll go a lot more uh, smoother than this because I am literally bitching on the fly. Let's talk about Josh Allen. I'm going to say something that a lot of people, and maybe this is heat of the moment, knee-jerk reactions less than, I don't know, 45 minutes or so after this game concluded. But when it comes to Josh Allen right now, I, I think it's at least fair to wonder if we've already seen peak Josh Allen. Like, is Josh, is peak Josh Allen already happened? The guy at the end of the 2021 season that was right there. If Pat Mahomes was 1A, Josh Allen was 1B. I remember on this podcast with several guests when we would talk about, you know, fantasy trades just for fun. My take with Josh Allen always used to be, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I ain't trading Pat Mahomes for any player in the world. And if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I ain't trading Josh Allen for any quarterback or player in the world. I remember saying that time and time and time again. And uh, I don't think I'm there anymore. I, I don't think I'm there anymore. There's just, he deserves a lot of criticism. You know, when you look back at this loss and you sleep on it and you, and you wake up and you listen to this or listen to whoever, but anybody else, you, you read your articles, look at the stats. Josh Allen is going to deserve a lion's share of the blame for this loss. Um, that interception he threw, which is the sixth straight game. And he threw two on the day, by the way, right? Two? Again, I don't even have stats in front of me, but I know we do at least two. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, one of those w- was just dead ass ugly. Telegraphed again. He's throwing at least one interception now in six straight games. You can't do that. Six straight games. Um, the, the the second fumble with James Cook, that was Josh Allen's fault. Pretty much dropped the ball before he put it in there. One of the interceptions was completely on Gabe Davis. I mean, it went literally right through his hands. So that you cannot put on Josh. And speaking of Gabe Davis, I know he had a nice couple nice catches later in the game. But that's kind of the problem with Gabe Davis. He is like the most inconsistent wide receiver two that I can remember seeing for the Buffalo Bills because he looks so good at times and then so terrible at others. And it's been like this seesaw with him now pretty much all season and for a couple of years, but even these last couple of weeks. I know he had one, one game where he had one catch for five yards. Then he comes back. That was a New England game. One catch for five yards. Then he comes back against Tampa on Thursday night, nine catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. He was great. He was fantastic. Then he literally and utterly disappeared last week in Cincinnati. No catches, no yards. And then this week, you know, right through his hands, it was a costly interception. But anyway, I don't want to get off Gabe Davis. I want to get off Gabe Davis. Save that for another time. Back to Josh Allen here. He's just making too many mistakes. These are boneheaded interceptions. I mean, he's leading the NFL in interceptions. He's leading the NFL in interceptions since he's coming to the league. He's a turnover machine. He's an ESPN highlight who does things that pretty much no other quarterback aside maybe Pat Mahomes could do in, the, in this league. But he just makes too many damn mistakes. This game tonight reminded me of the New York Jets home opener. Like the defense played freaking great. The defense time and time again got put in a bad situation and, and held its ground. Just like the Jets game. This is the kind of game you're going to look back at this game, just like the Jets game, probably just like the Patriots game too, and say all the Bills had to do. I don't want to say, you know what? I take that back. I don't want to say the Patriots game because the defense played like shit in the Patriots game. But for sure, the Jets game. And also this game against Denver, the defense played more than well enough to win. And all the offense had to do tonight was not fuck it up. That's it. All they had to do was not fuck this game up. And they couldn't do that. And Josh Allen is responsible for a lot of that. Like I said, the, the ugly interception, um, a fourth and two near midfield. He had Khalil Shakir wide open. He started rolling out to the right. I don't have timestamps or stuff like that in front of me again, because I don't have shit for show prep. But he rolled out to the right, which surprised me that he didn't run the ball. He had one lineman, Allen, to beat. But he threw the ball. Shakir's open. And uh, he airmailed it by 10 yards. It wasn't even close. That's on Josh Allen. That's on Josh. He played terrible tonight. He was outplayed. Russell Wilson tonight was the better quarterback than Josh Allen, simply because Russell Wilson did not make those critical mistakes that Josh Allen did multiple times. And I'm not saying it's all on Josh Allen. Of course it's not. He still does some unbelievably good things. Again, he didn't get help by Gabe Davis on the pick. I know Dalton Kincaid, who's been great and scored a touchdown tonight. He dropped a third down pass in the first half. James Cook fumbled. He got lucky because he fumbled the second time, but the ball fortunately bounced right back to him. You know, so other guys contributed, but just too many mistakes from your quarterback and your offense just has to be better. I keep coming back. No matter, no matter what I talk about, I can't stop but keep coming back to Sean McDermott. I just can't believe the zero blitz call on third and 10. I can't believe that this team had 12 guys out on a special teams play at the end of the game when you know ahead of time what is coming. Do you know, 
if it would have been like Denver would have been like on the 37 yard line and they were running out of time and they completed a pass down the like to the 23 yard line and they had no more timeouts and the offense had to scurry off the field and the special team, the kick team comes out and now you're kind of, and, and you didn't have the benefit of calling a timeout to play before. I could kind of maybe understand how something like that could happen. But when you use your second and your final timeout on uh, first and then second down going into third down, you didn't communicate how this game was going to end. It just, it, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. It really does. The blitzing blows my mind. Having Dorian Williams out there who did some good things. Okay. I'm not trying to take anything away from Dorian Williams, but Russell Wilson got him. He's a rookie and Russell Wilson outthought him a couple times. He was a spy responsible a couple times, three man rush. Dorian Williams was the fourth rusher, but in reality, he was spying on Russell Wilson and two or three times Russell Wilson drew him in and then flipped the ball to the running back Perini. I know he did that at least twice. And one was Perini, one was Williams. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. I just, it's just, uh, it's just frustrating at this point. Let me get to a couple of comments uh, before I get, out. I don't want to see what a, a couple of you are thinking. And again, these are in no specific order. Some of the stuff I already talked about. So I kind of want to hear from you. Trey Williams. Well, sorry. The third was a Shakir, but still same play and same double covered. All right. Like I said, I don't have notes and stuff in, in front of me. So thanks for pointing that out. Uh, Chris, Chris Mulvaney, love our defense, playing great with all of our injuries, confused by our offense. Is it Dorsey or Allen? We had bad drops today, but also Josh just isn't what we are used to. Is he injured? And we are just not announcing it. Well, I mean, his shoulder's kind of banged up, but you know what? That's no excuse. Just like last year, I just don't buy it. He's just making bad decisions with the turnovers. Um, Ken Dorsey, sure, he deserves some criticism. I think there's been other games where you could really pinpoint Ken Dorsey and say he was the problem tonight. Not really sure that's the case. Because again, Ken Dorsey's not out there having James Cook fumble. He's not botching handoffs to James Cook. He's not telegraphing interceptions. He's not dropping passes like Gabe Davis did, like Dalton Kincaid did on a, a, a third down play. And even Stefan Diggs had a, a second down drop. Bills had three drops in the first half. I think that's as many drops as they've had for the entire season in the game. And they had that um, in the first half. So you can't put that shit on Ken Dorsey. But then again, I look at the success of, of the running backs. In the running game, both Murray and, and James Cook. And you got to wonder, a, a team that can't stop the run like Denver, why did you only run the ball 26 times? The Bills were never getting blown out. They were, I don't even think they were down two scores at any point. So why did they get away from the running game for long stretches as long as they do? Is that Dorsey's play calling? Is that Josh Allen getting to the line and, and changing and getting into a pass, checking down into a pass? I don't know. I don't know, but they, they got away from the run. And this was definitely a game, just like the Jets game, where it's like, you're beating yourselves. You're, you're, you're beating yourselves. And, and that's just, uh, just the way it is. Jim Cooney, watch the tape and learn from the mistakes. How many times, how many effing times? I'm sure you're referring to Sean McDermott. Yeah, I agree with you, buddy. Uh, RJ Melview, this is the biggest underperforming team in the history of the NFL. All right, again, that's, you know, that's an exaggeration, but this is the biggest underperforming team in the NFL in 2023, bar none, no question about it. You know, I got the episode titled here. I haven't even written show notes or anything, but I said, put a fork in the Buffalo Bills. That's the, the title of this episode. The Bills are done. They ain't making the playoffs this year. I'm going to tell you that right now. This team is five and five. They got the Jets 
And if you think the Jets is a, an easy win after they just lost to the Denver Broncos at home in prime time, you got another thing coming. But even if they get past the Jets, you know what's coming after that. You know they're going to Philly. Which, by the way, the Bills, the defense played good. The reason why, what was the score at halftime? I don't remember. 9-8, 12-8, whatever. I know it was a one-score game. I know that. What would that have scored been if the Bills played like they did in the first half offensively with the turnovers and they were playing at Philly or they were playing in Kansas City or they were playing on the road against the Chargers or they're playing on the road against Miami, which they're going to be playing on the road against all those teams here down the stretch at the end of the season. They also got a home game against Dallas. By the way, I saw on Twitter, uh, Stefan Diggs' brother from, from Dallas was saying that we got to get you up out of here <laughs> when it comes to Stefan, which is something to keep an eye on. No, not him leaving now. That's not what I'm saying, but you might see a, a pretty uh, a pretty pissed off Stefan Diggs this week. And if he is, can you blame him? I certainly don't. Trey Williams, at some point, discipline is on coaching. Couldn't agree with you more, man. Could be more right. I'm going to get out here in a couple minutes. But anyway, to, to, to get back to the Bills, big picture right now, they're 5-5. Five and five. This team's done. I think it's more likely that they finish under 500 than, than it is that they get the 10 wins and, and make the playoffs. Because I think it's going to take at least 10 wins now to get into the playoffs. Cleveland's better than them. Pittsburgh's better than them. The Houston Texans, who we talked about on the show plenty yesterday, they are better than the Buffalo Bills right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are better than the Buffalo Bills, quite obviously, and by a lot right now. This team, mathematically, of course, they're not done. I mean, they're 5-5, five and five, and they still got seven games left. Sure, I get it. And there's a lot of eternal optimists out there. And I, and I know you want to root for your team. I really do. I get it. But let's be real here. This team needs some changes. And this is going to be, there's going to be changes in this offseason. And you know what? I, I think it's pretty obvious that Ken Dorsey is going to be the fall guy for everything. I think when the season's over, it's going to be Ken Dorsey who gets shit canned. Because again, I don't think there's any realistic chance whatsoever that Sean McDermott's getting fired. I think the Bills could lose every game for the rest of the season. Maybe they beat the Patriots at home and whether they, maybe they beat the Jets, which now is a maybe to me. Maybe they beat the Jets or they're, maybe they beat Dallas at home. Whatever. They finish 7-10, and 8-9, maybe even up to 9-8 and eight at best case scenario, I feel like right now. None's going on with Sean McDermott. He just got paid. Uh, Terry Bagula is not getting rid of him. And, and Sean McDermott 100% is going to get rid of Ken Dorsey. But then what? What are you going to bring in after that? I, th I I'm, I'm concerned. I, I posed this question a, a while ago. I'm concerned, you know, that we've already seen the peak of Josh Allen. And I think that is entirely possible if you keep Sean McDermott. As, as long as Sean McDermott is the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, I'm not sure you're ever going to see the full Josh Allen experience, the full Josh Allen that we got in the back half of 2021, the same Josh Allen that we had for a lot of 2022, the same Josh Allen that really exploded in 2020. I'm not sure that you're ever going to see that when it comes to this team. And look, this is a team, and I know a lot of people don't like to think about it, but some tough decisions are going to be coming up this offseason. And we'll get into that more in due time. But this is a team that's in pretty shitty cap space um, shape. This is a team 
that's got a whole shitload of veteran free agents that are going to be unrestricted free agents after the season. This is a team that is quite literally stuck with Vaughn Miller's contract for next year. There's a team that's quite literally stuck with Dawson Knox's contract for next year because it would cost more money to cut these guys than it would be to keep them. And then you got some bad contracts, not bad contracts, but expensive contracts that you might have to move on from. Trey White, he might have played his last game as a Buffalo Bills. Sucks to say it, but that's a reality. There's a good chance Mitch Morris could get cut in the offseason because of his age and because of his cap hit. Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, you might see both those safeties gone. There's going to be a lot. Daquan Jones is a free agent. A.J. Vanessa is a free agent. There is a lot of change coming to this football team in terms of personnel, but not a lot of great cap space. They're going to probably have a new offensive coordinator coming in, which I know that excites a lot of people. And let's kind of end it going into tomorrow's show with this. All right, let's say they fire Ken Dorsey at the end of the season. Hell, let's say they fire Ken Dorsey freaking tomorrow. They could do that. What's going to change? You got to remember who the head coach is. What happened with Brian Dable and Sean McDermott, their relationship? I mean, you, you know that these are two guys who don't like each other. But what was good about Brian Dable was he probably, and this probably is what severed their relationship so much, was Brian Dable was like, fuck off. This is my offense. This is my quarterback, and these are the plays we're going to call. Tim Graham from The Athletic wrote a beautiful article last week talking about the Bills' offense and how creative it used to be under Dable. And it's not even disputable anymore. Reverses, jets. When's the last time you've even seen some pre-snap notion from the Bills' offense? Think about that. When have you seen any real pre-snap notion other than maybe Stephon Diggs before snap kind of running across the middle. That's about it. Or Gabe Davis going from uh, the outside into more of a slot position or maybe lining up behind a tight end. That's about all you see from the Buffalo Bills right now. No creativity, no reverses, no big men catching touchdowns, no running backs throwing passes. Remember Josh Allen used to catch a couple of passes here and there? There's just no imagination, no creativity in this offense. I think part of the reason why Ken Dorsey might not get fired as quick as you want or you think is because I think he's, quite frankly, kind of a yes guy. I think he's going to tell Sean McDermott what he wants to hear. I think ultimately he's going to do what Sean McDermott wants him to do. And I think that's kind of obvious too, by the way. I mean, you're not really seeing Josh Allen run. He scored a touchdown tonight because he absolutely had to. He had to run that football and score that touchdown to take the lead uh, near the end of the game. But you could tell. This just feels like an offense that doesn't suit the quarterback. But again, the quarterback is also out there making a, a whole shitload of uh, freaking mistakes. Leon King chimed in again. Brian Gable, best thing to happen to Buffalo. Um, Yeah, and you know, I, I saw a, a couple tweets, and it's all fantasy talk, but if Brian Gable were to get fired by the Giants, would he come back to Buffalo? And that answer is no. He is not coming back to Buffalo to be an offensive coordinator for, for Sean McDermott. That's one thing that I could definitely promise you. Um, Fred says it's turning the ball over that's losing these games. Best point of the night, because you're right. At the end of the day, that is what it is. They had, what, I think four turnovers tonight? Could have been five. I count the, the fourth and two in my mind anyway. I count the failed fourth and two where Josh Allen had an open guy or he could have ran and, and he didn't. Um, they didn't convert. To me, that's pretty much the same as a turnover. But I know they had at least four turnovers. That's 100% accurate. Again, just like the Jets game, 
All the Bills had to do tonight to win this game is not fuck it up on offense, and they did. So going back to Sean's presser, it's not that he's wrong when he's pinpointing the offense and the turnovers. It's not that he's wrong. It's that he's the head coach, and I want to see him eat more accountability. I want to see him eat more accountability because he did play a role in this. That third down blitz, dropping Von Miller into coverage, not making sure, not communicating to your special teams coach. Sound familiar? Kansas City, 13 seconds. Not communicating with your special teams coach. Not making sure to 12 players. Plus, by the way, they didn't have a timeout to take at the end of the game. I don't even know. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean McDermott didn't even know that he had 12 guys on the field until afterwards. I really don't. And one last point, too. I don't know if it'll get on or not. I just, I feel really bad for whoever that 12th person is. Whoever that guy is who was not supposed to be out there that ended up out there, you could talk about the turnovers. You could talk, talk about the zero blitz. You could talk about the questionable uh, pass interference penalty on Teron Johnson. You could talk about, you know, some of the boneheaded decisions that Josh Allen made. You could talk about not running the football more. You could talk about Dorian Williams getting caught a couple times as a spy. You could go on and on and on. End of the fucking day, they missed a field goal and the Buffalo Bills had the game won. The game was over. There's zero seconds on the clock, but there's a yellow flag on the field because of a special teams penalty. So whoever that 12th person was is quite literally the reason why they lost that game. And Josh Allen said post-game, and you know, it is very brief and you can tell how frustrated and angry he is, as he should be because he kind of sucked tonight. Again, he was outplayed by Russ Wilson. But you could tell that how how quick and short he was, they're not going to throw whoever it was under the bus. But man, oh man, whoever that 12th person was, they probably, not probably, the season ended with this game. As far as I'm concerned, their playoff realistic chances. And I think, by the way, mathematically, if you're wondering, there's it's somewhere between 33 to 44% or 40% Bills making the playoffs. Well, I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Anyway, this felt a little bit therapeutic. To summarize, I'm really, I'm over Sean McDermott. I'm done with him. Um, I, I think he's not going anywhere, though. I do think Ken Dorsey will get fired. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be this week. Uh, maybe it'll be during the bye in the coming up in a couple weeks. Maybe it'll be after the season. In fact, it probably will be after the season. And then we'll go from there. But Sean McDermott is not leaving. I have no more faith in the guy. I don't think he's a good in-game manager. I think he he gets shook and he gets lost. This is a football team that gets freaking lost time and time and time again in those crunch moments, in those biggest moments. This is a team that just habitually feels like it's lost. That has to be on the head coach, end of the day. Anyway, back tomorrow. Um, like I said, film study episode with PFF grades analysis. Chad D. Diminis is going to be live with me uh, Thursday night from Imperial as well. Till then, talk to you and uh, go Sabres.